Welcome to this week's edition of Worcester Talking Newspaper, brought to you by Worcester News and Equipment Service for the Blind. We have the permission of the Worcester News, um, and it is aimed at anyone who is unable to read a newspaper. We are recording on Thursday, July the 14th, 2022. I'm Elizabeth Hill, and the team this week comprises John Plusher, engineer, Janet Goodwin, uh, Jim Norris and Sue Perry has joined me round the table. Um, the admin team have done their magic this afternoon. Uh, music is by Sheila Joins and the thought for the week is from Keir Aldis, for which we thank them all. I'd like to welcome any new listeners. Not only is the recording available on the memory sticks posted out to you each week, but we can be heard online as a podcast or via one of those new listening devices. We do hope you enjoy our offering and we hope we can inform, educate and entertain. The service is quite free to users. We are a registered charity. If, however, you would like to make a donation, it can be included in your wallet or sent to Colin Chance House, Wilds Lane, that's wild with a Y, Worcester WR51DA, and my thanks to anyone who has made any recent donations. Your feedback is appreciated. Compliments or complaints. Put a note in your wallet or leave a message on the answer phone. But please be aware that we're not here every day. In addition to the weekly recordings, which began in 1978, we have an extensive library of talking books. So let us know if you are interested and what your choice is. Put a note in your wallet. And every couple of months, a magazine is produced containing a variety of subject matter. If you would like to receive this, please give us a ring or, and leave a message or put a note in your wallet. Before I go any further, um, I need to pay tribute to um, our secretary, uh, Chris Luckham. He's been a very, very efficient secretary um, in recent years, he did engineer for Worcester Talking News many years ago, probably 20 years ago. Um, and after his retirement, his wife suggested that he might become involved in Talking News again. And sadly, he has experienced a very short illness and died in the early hours of Tuesday morning. Um, don't know yet when his funeral is um, but our thoughts and prayers do go out to Jean and his two sons and their families and this evening I've also received some further sad news um, Jay Popperwell who did do our admin on a Thursday and again someone who years ago was involved in reading for Talking News um, she sadly passed away at the weekend so I would like to pay tribute to both of those people who have been involved with Worcester Talking News on two separate occasions, each of them over um, many years, and thank them for their family for their contribution, and um, send our love and thoughts to their families. Um, running order uh, this week will. I'll give you some useful telephone numbers. Um, what's on in the local theatres? We'll open the birthday book. 
Um, we'll have the headlines from the past week, the sunrise and sunset times. And then after the headlines, we'll have the headline stories uh, and then items from the past week. And so we're going to kick off with telephone numbers, please, with Janet. Thank you. Worcester Talking Newspapers, where we are, 01905 767766. The Worcester Hub is 01905 765 765. Worcester County Council, here to help, 01905 768053 and select option 3. Unwanted telephone calls, BT, 1572 and follow the directions given after that. Crime Stoppers to report anonymously any crime, 0800 555 1. Community Risk Team, Fire, 0800 032 1155. Domestic Abuse Helpline, 0800 980 3331. NHS Direct, 1. Out of Hours GP service from 6.30 to 8pm, 111, and be redirected when you've dialed that. Worcester Live, Swan Theatre, Stroke Huntingdon Hall, 01905 611427. Morven Festival Theatre, 01684 892277. The Norbury Theatre, 01905 770157 Walking for Health Lind Yendel 01905 766155 and Sense Adventures 01684 891 796 and another number is 07920 Thank you, Janet. Um, now, this is a final call for uh, Love Letters. Uh, one, only one week now until our fundraising evening on the 23rd of July. Love Letters, it's uh, sometimes amusing, sometimes poignant drama played out between just two characters following their relationship throughout their lives, all the way from school days to old age. The actor Pauline Beale, whom you might have heard many times on our own talking magazine. She also reads commercially for Calibre, the talking books company. And John Horton, who was in the Worcester Passion Play at Easter, are even now making their final preparations for the event, as indeed are we, with volunteers setting up the hall with audience seating and technical equipment to help make the evening a success. So, although it's presented as a stage play, it does rely on the spoken word to tell its story, so it's ideal for you and your family to enjoy together. So, date, 23rd of July, St Peter's Village Hall at 7pm. Uh, and it, the hall is next, next to Tesco's um, in St Peter's. There are still some seats available, so as we count down to next Saturday, if you want to come, be sure to pick up your tickets at Tourist Information at the Guildhall. Uh, that's open every weekday from 9.30 in the morning till 5 and on Saturdays from 10 till 4. And all the proceeds from the evening will come to us, Talking News. So please come and support us. And it would be lovely to see you, actually. Um, 
we we do all these readings but we never see you so it would be really really lovely to uh, to be able to say hello to to some of our listeners um so the rest of the what's ons i'm just going to look at what's on in worcester and on um july the 15th which is this saturday of course um, at Huntington Hall, the Spooky Men's Chorale. Um, and also on the 15th in the Vesta Tilly studio is something called Connect, which looks as though it's by uh, Vamos, because it looks a masked theatre. Uh, so no spoken word there. July the 20th is Respect, um, which is, is that Diana Ross. On the 22nd, Milo Edwards' uh, voicemail and Hal Crushenden, it's best, and that's uh, on at Huntington Hall. And I'm going to now hand over to Janet, who will tell us what's on in the Malvern Theatres. Right, on Friday the 22nd of July is a tribute to Queen called Queen Rhapsody. So that should be quite exciting. Um, Starts at 7.45. An evening with Adam Frost... I think he's been on with Monty Don. Um, it's a gardening programme, and that is Thursday the 15th of September, looking a bit ahead. And then the importance of being earnest, also looking a bit ahead, Tuesday the 9th <coughs> to Friday the 12th of August, the importance of being earnest. And then Morven Theatres, Young Company, 10-year anniversary celebration. It's called a musical masterclass, 20th to the 27th of August. So we're we're, um, looking ahead, but it gives you time to book. And Sue has something for the Norbury Theatre. Um, The first one is on Wednesday, um, the 13th of July, and it's West Side Story. And then there's an opera, Worcester, of the Merry Window, which I assume is a take on the Merry Widow. Um, and that is on um, Wednesday the 20th um, till Saturday the 23rd at half past seven. And um, there's also a Saturday matinee. And would you also tell us whose birthday it is this week, please? Yes. Um, on the um, 20th... Of July, it is uh, the birthday of Rosemary Griffin, and on the twenty-first is Barbara Turner. So, on behalf of us all, we'd just like to wish you both a very happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Lovely. Happy birthday. And now Jim has the headlines from the past week and sunrise and sunset times. Okay. Headline one is teen kicks off at police over eviction. Two is tributes paid to Beans. Three, Ride into the Future. Four, Drink Warning. Five, River Rescuer denies he is a hero. And six, Police Shooting was Accidental. Um, Sunrise and Sunset. Sunrise and Sunset. Sunrise is 5.04 a.m. And sunset is 9.25pm. Thank you very much. And now with the first of the headline stories is Janet. A teenager who assaulted three police officers and smashed up a shower screen 
has been fired, fined by Worcester magistrates. Sinead Biddle of Morton Place had been living at the Myatt residential home in Morven when she was told she would be evicted on April the 28th this year due to her behaviour. Melanie Winterflood, prosecuting, said the 19-year-old did not respond well to the news, returning to her room where she smashed up a shower screen, causing more than £400 worth of damage. She became more irate and the team leader contacted the police as she was concerned about Miss Biddle's behaviour, the prosecutor said. They turned up, Miss Biddle was arrested for criminal damage, cannabis was found, she did not try to conceal it and was further arrested. Miss Winterflood said Biddle had then attempted to headbutt PC Mulcaster, missing him, but did manage to dig her nails into the arm of PC Stretfield. The prosecutor added the teen had continued to be aggressive at Worcester Police Station, kicking PC Hunt into the chest. Riddle admitted two charges of assault by beating an emergency worker, common assault of an emergency worker, criminal damage on possession of a Class B drug, cannabis, when she appeared at Worcester Magistrate Court. Amar, Amarjit Sangarau, defending Biddle, said the incident had been a wake-up call for his client, who is now receiving help, including counselling for mental health issues. Mr Singara said Biddle suffered blackouts and on the day had been drinking into excess and couldn't remember what happened, including assaulting the police officers. Martin Sobel, chairman of the magistrate's bench, said they were going to find Biddle, telling her it was not acceptable to be assaulting police officers carrying out their duty. Biddle was fined £120 and ordered to pay compensation of £200 to the officers. After offering to pay £100 per month to clear the total of £320, the court clerk asked if she could afford that amount. Biddle replied, if I have to. Magistrates decided to order that she paid at a rate of £50 a month, adding they didn't want to set her up to fail. The stepfather of a man who died after being hit by a train in Malvern said the 27-year-old had a big personality. Michael Lawrence Martin, affectionately known as Beans by friends and family, died after being hit by a train at the rail crossing near Jamaica Road, Malvern, last month. Speaking after Michael's death, Brent Martin, who raised him from the age of four, said he earned his nickname because he was full of beans. He said, it is still raw. Things won't be the same again. It is just so tragic what happened, and we'd like to offer our condolences to the driver too. Michael was known as Beans by friends and family due to his energetic and lively personality and worked as a shop fitter. The former Dyson Perrins pupil also attended Worcester Technology College and was popular with everyone. Brent added, if he came into a room, you'd know he was there. He was loud and a really big person, and personality. We called him Beans because he was literally full of beans. He always tried to look after everyone, whether it was me or his mum or his siblings. He changed his surname to Martin in honour of me and our family, and he loved all of us. 
he took my biological children as his own brothers and sisters and loved all the cousins, aunts and uncles, everyone. Brent added the family's message for anyone who was to talk to their loved ones and friends about however they are feeling and not to feel alone. Mr Martin died after being hit by the train on June the 24th with floral tributes being laid at the crossing. An inquest date for Mr Martin has been set for November the 30th this year where coroner Nicholas Lane will hear the circumstances surrounding his death. Flowers were left at the foot of the steps of the railway crossing with one card saying, Beans, rest easy bro. Gonna miss you and our memories. British Transport Police and West Mercia Police were called to the level crossing on Jamaica Road on the morning of June 24th after the man was struck by a train. At the time, a British Transport Police spokesperson said, Officers were called to the line in Malvern at 9.27am following reports of a casualty on the tracks. Paramedics are also, also attended, however sadly the person was pronounced dead at the scene. And this is the um, headline um, from last Monday, um, and it is look into the future of racecourses. New images show how the city's racecourse could look in the near future after a multi-million pound transformation, a bid which would see the grandstand at Worcester Racecourse extended to make way for a new summer rooftop bar was backed by councillors last week and will now be sent to the government. The latest artist's impressions show how the new glass-clad grandstand at the city's Pitchcroft Racecourse in Grandstand Road would look if the government cash is granted. The work, which forms part of a £20 million bid, which is set to be put forward to the government for levelling up money, includes the modernisation of the new greener racecourse grandstand, which would create a new venue capable of hosting large events, conferences and public celebrations all year round. The bid also includes plans for a new riverside cafe and function room for weddings and parties. <coughs> Improvements would also be made to the main racecourse entrance with the ground levelled to help during flooding and more toilets would be built. The racecourse, part of the bid totals nine million pounds with sports arena putting for putting forward half of the money the work at Worcester Racecourse has been met with criticism with some councillors saying the council should not be profit profiting from horse racing and gambling green city councillors louis stephen and karen lewing spoke out against parts of the bid saying it was unethical for worcester city council to cash in on two pursuits Councillor Louis Stephen, leader of the City Council's Greens, said he was unenthusi unenthusiastic about the plans. I think there will be some people who query why we want to be investing in something that is supporting gambling and potentially have its issues with protecting animal rights, he told councillors. Councillor Mark Bayliss, leader of the City Council, said he disagreed that horse racing was unethical and said that the council already made money from selling alcohol in venues and at events and from handling out, handing out gambling licences. 
He said, I'm satisfied that the proposal, or the one that is at our own conference facility, will benefit the people of Worcester and will bring in more money and develop our economy in many important ways. Earlier this year, the council said it was planning to invest more than a million pounds to create better connections between the city centre and the River Severn in order to draw more people to stay. A report commissioned by the council has found that Worcester is lagging far behind other cathedral cities such as Gloucester, Lincoln and Exeter when it comes to the number of visitors. Two people suffered suspected cardiac arrests at the same time as police warn of the dangers of drinking alcohol during the heatwave. Police and the ambulance service attended Silver Street, St Martin's Quarter near Asda, on Monday. A man and a woman were reported to have suffered cardiac arrests at around 2pm. Worcester continues to bake in the hot weather with a rare amber extreme heat weather warning issued by the Met Office for this Sunday. Now a city policeman has warned of the health dangers of drinking alcohol during the heat wave. Sergeant Pete Frankish responded to the incident outside Ladbrokes, B&M and Asda in the hope his advice may protect others from suffering similar incidents. He said in short, police and ambulance were called to a report of two separate cardiac arrests at the same time. On arrival... Ambulance located a male and a female who were conscious and breathing. Both had consumed alcohol and due to the extremely hot day, it appears they have succumbed to the temperature and alcohol mix and felt ill before passing out. He continued, A quick assessment and treatment from the attending ambulance crews ensured both were treated. The male party was taken to hospital as a precaution and the female was able to leave the area with a friend. People were in attendance to assist the ambulance crews. No offences were disclosed, and thankfully both the male and female will make a full recovery. We would like to warn against the dangers of excessive consumption of alcohol in the heat and sunshine, with temperatures set to rise further this week. The Met Office says the amber warning, which has been issued for Sunday Sunday highlights likely adverse health effects for the public, not just limited to those most vulnerable to extreme heat. Temperatures could be in excess of 35 degrees C in the southeast and more widely around 32 C within the warning area. These high temperatures could extend into the early part of next week and an extension of the warning will be considered in the coming days. A brave student nurse pulled a drowning young boy out of the water after he crashed into the River Severn on his bike. Jamie Bryan insists he is no hero after he dragged the screaming boy, who could not swim, out of the river near the Diglis Hotel in Worcester around 5pm on Saturday. The 21-year-old of King Edmund Square off Moore Street was feeding the ducks on steps leading down to the river when he heard screeching brakes. Mr Bryan, a student nurse at the University of Worcester, turned to see the boy, aged between seven and nine, fall over and slide into the water down an estimated 12-foot drop. It was kind of surreal, 
and it seemed to happen in slow motion. He said, "I think he rode the bike off the bank, and he and his bike tumbled into the Severn. He came off his bike and was falling with it." He said. Mr. Bryan said it took some time to lift the boy out of the river before carrying him to a bench, which he said left him exhausted. He said he could not feel his legs or his feet afterwards. He said while he was in the river, he could not swim. At one stage, he was fully submerged, but managed to doggy paddle his way over. He said he was in a lot of pain and thought he had broken his legs. He was screaming. I'm a student nurse, so I understand what to do. A friend contacted Worcester News, describing Mr. Bryan as a hero, but he insisted it was a big team effort. Someone called an ambulance, and a woman comforted the boy while another woman recovered the boy's bike for him. Mr. Bryan located the boy's uncle, who was attentive when he discovered what had happened. He added, "It was very impressive, and it was nice to see. I think humanity comes into it a bit. It would be wrong to just sit there and not help a kid who has just fallen off his bike. It's probably going to be quite traumatic for the child. The only option is to help." When asked if he was a hero, he said, "I don't see myself as a hero. I think the woman who..." Was sitting with the child while I tried to find his uncle was the real hero. She knew the right things to say and she was able to calm him down. She was really good, honest, and an amazing person. His friend, who wished to remain anonymous, said, "I'm convinced he saved the young boy's life because he was unable to swim. I believe this brave, quick action deserves publication." A spokesman for the West Midland Ambulance Service confirmed they received a nine 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 call, but added. There was no patient at the scene on our arrival. A police officer who shot a suspect has no case to answer for misconduct, misconduct because the gun was fired accidentally, despite concerns from a watchdog. The officer accidentally discharged the gun into the leg of Aaron Humphreys, the Independent Office for Police Conduct revealed. That's the IOPC. Although the IOPC found there was a case to answer for misconduct, West Mercia's own review decided there was no case to answer because the officer's firearm was discharged accidentally. Humphreys, who had an imitation submachine gun, was shot in the leg while surrounded by armed officers in Ronxwood Hill at around 9am on October the second. Video footage of Humphreys falling to the ground after he was shot was shared on social media. An IOPC spokesman said, "At the end of our investigation, we concluded the officer who fired their weapon had a case to answer for misconduct for the unintentional discharge of their firearm." Misconduct proceedings are a matter for West Mercia Police. We will look to publish an investigation summary in due course. Deputy Chief Constable Julian Moss of West Mercia Police said, "The IOPC inquiries found that we needed to consider whether the officer's actions amounted to misconduct. As such, a misconduct meeting was held. The meeting fully reviewed all of the evidence." And it was determined that there was no case to answer. The firearm was accidentally discharged. 
We stand by this finding and are satisfied that due process has been followed. We have previously reported how the 31-year-old defendant of Weatherfield Road, Birmingham, was growing 33 cannabis plants at his ex-partner's tanning salon in Dines Green. The father of two admitted possession of the imitation MP5K submachine gun at a time he was committing another offence, criminal damage at his ex-partner's home in Dines Green. He further admitted criminal damage, which was destroying property without lawful excuse on the same date, including windows, a door and a ring doorbell belonging to platform housing. Humphreys was also convicted of the production of cannabis at a commercial unit in Worcester following a hearing at Kidderminster Magistrates Court on October 16th. Humphreys arrived at his ex-partner's home in his BMW and rang the doorbell at her address in Gower Close, Downs Green. Video footage was played from a ring doorbell which showed him ringing the bell repeatedly before he kicked the camera, smashing it. A homemade dumbbell was used to smash the windows of the house and the front door, causing £1,400 worth of damage. Humphreys left parking his BMW in Ronxwood Hill and was seen by a passerby inside the car with what looked like a two-foot-long gun on his lap. After he was shot in the leg, he was taken to the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham and also arrested. Judge Martin Jackson sentenced Humphreys to 20 months in prison, suspended for two years, and placed him under the supervision of the probation service ordering him to complete 30 rehabilitation activity requirement days. He was also ordered to pay £1,400 in compensation to platform housing for the damage. That concludes the headline stories, and now we're going to kick off with the rest of the news. Janet, thank you. A biker was shocked to find his motorbike was stolen from a shed just weeks after he had bought it. Alex Bradley's motorbike was securely stored in a shed at his property on Furway Blackpool when it was stolen in the middle of the night last Wednesday. The Suzuki GSXR600R motorbike was removed from the garage at 2.30am. Mr Bradley said, I came home from work after a rough couple of days and went to sleep. When I woke up the next day, my mum broke the news to me that the bike had been stolen in the night. I know that this sort of thing happens, but it was such a shock. I only had the bike for the past three weeks before this happened. It had to be a van that the bike was loaded into, as it is a heavy vehicle. CCTV from neighbouring properties managed to capture a man, a car and a white van all in the area at the time of the theft. Last week, we reported that CCTV footage was captured in Northwick, showing two men trying a bike lock that was parked securely off the road. Mr Bradley said, It is a shame, as I feel similar thefts and vehicle crime has certainly increased in Worcester as of late. 
It feels as if a lot of other reports that I have seen have been at a similar time of night as well. It seems to be the more high-end bikes that are being stolen, like Yamahas, Suzukis, and Kawasakis. One two five cc bikes, I would imagine, would be easier to sell as is as due to the price and is a popular first legal choice of bike. If you have any information about this theft, you can report it to the police using the reference number double two six four five three one double two by calling one o one. Or using the "Tell Us About It" form on the West Mercia Police website, you can also report crimes anonymously through the independent charity Crime Stoppers. Worcester News contacted West Mercia Police for more information. Travellers have set up camp outside a popular leisure spot in Worcester. Around a dozen caravans and cars have set up camp in the field at Worcester Woods Country Park. Police have been to speak with the travellers, but no action has been taken against them. It is not yet known when they arrived or what action has been taken by the council. At the Orchard Cafe itself, it appeared business as usual, with a steady stream of customers seen in the morning. The cafe was open as normal, with the travellers on the far edge of the adjacent field. Net Ward, owner of the cafe, said that they had not experienced any problems and that things were running as normal. She said, "We are still open and everything is fine. We've had no problems at all. We don't know exactly what is going on, but the rangers have been out there and everything is open as usual today." A West Mercia police, spo- police spokesperson said, "We are aware that a number of caravans are parked in a field at Worcester Woods Country Park. Officers have visited and spoken to the travellers, but at this time no action has been taken against them." The county council's liaison officer has also spoken to the travellers. A Worcestershire county council spokesperson said it had been in touch with the group, sending a team out to speak to them. They said a group of travellers arrived at Worcester Woods Country Park on Monday evening. The county council's gypsy and traveller service team visited the group on July the twelfth to carry out welfare checks, and then will start the formal process. In liaison with the police to move the group on. A hitch in wedding plans turned out to be the icing on the cake for a couple whose big day clashed with Worcester Carnival. Leanne Teague was set to marry Neil Merry on Saturday at St Stephen's Church in Barbon before making their way to the city centre for their reception. However. The happy couple soon realised their special day conflicted with the Worcester Carnival, with road closures outside the reception venue. Luckily for the new Mr and Mrs Merry, after a few calls to carnival organisers, they were given a police-style escort to their reception. It was the best day of our lives, and the police escort. Well, it was the icing on the cake," said Leanne. Thousands of people lined the city streets on Saturday ahead of the carnival parade at 3 p.m. Beginning at Pitchcroft, the parade made its way round the entire city centre before arriving back at the carnival village. Meanwhile, Mr. and Mrs. Merry were being wed at St. Stephen's Church near Droitwich Road, ready to make their way to Worcester White House Hotel on Fourgate Street for the reception.
Unfortunately for them, the hotel was in the middle of the parade route. Christine King, secretary of the Worcester Carnival, liaised with Midland Spike Marshals to make sure the happy couple and the entire wedding party of around a 100 people were able to pass through the city without getting mixed up in the parade. A spokesperson from Worcester White House Hotel said we were delighted to assist the smooth passage through the carnival for our bride and groom, but the biggest thanks of all must go to Christine King, Secretary of Worcester Carnival, who ensured all went according to plan and liaised with everyone involved. Wedding photographer Carla Williams said she had not seen anything like it before. It really was quite unique and great fun, made them feel very special. They were such good sports and great fun too, said Carla. It was very well planned by the White House and Carnival Committee, meaning there was a very grateful bride and groom. There was quite a large volume of people to make sure they didn't end up as part of the parade. It's not every day you get a police escort to your own wedding. A dental unit in Worcester could be sold off to raise cash for the NHS. Documents detailing NHS plans to sell off surplus land show Worcester Dental Access Centre in Lowesmore has been deemed surplus to requirements. It is one of several plots of land that could be sold off in Worcestershire. Herefordshire and Worcestershire Health and Care NHS Trust is actively seeking to dispose of the Lowesmore site and expects to raise £210,000 from its sale. According to the documents, there is 216 square metres of floor space for sale and the Trust is not expecting the land to be used for housing. Issues that could delay disposal of the site are listed as planning and reprovision of existing facilities. Another dental unit in Worcester, Moor Street Clinic, reopened in December 2021 following a £2 million investment by the Trust. The facility now boasts spacious consultation rooms and specialist equipment including hoists and adaptable chairs and there's also land at Evesham and um, Redditch and elsewhere that the Trust are considering selling Potty mouths, I've never heard that expression but must drop the bad language if they want to enjoy a pint at a pub which has opened its doors for the first time in almost three years. The Fox and Goose in Farmer's Way on the Westlands estate in Droitwich reopened last month. The pub has been closed for nearly three years due to a row over swearing. Now it has opened again under new management, the rules are just as strict. The new landlords who live above the pub say the last thing they want is for the boozer to close again and for them to have to leave because a punter has turned the air blue. The pub had only been open for seven weeks when it closed suddenly after it was reported the brewery owner heard a swear word in October 2019. 
Locals said Humphrey Smith, the owner of the Samuel Smith Brewery, made a visit to the pub before it closed. Now, Alex Savage, 68, and partner Anna Hale Askew, 22, have taken over management of the pub and are welcoming customers back, provided they curtail any foul language. Mr Savage said, If the pub gets closed, we will lose our home as well. I don't want to be in that situation. I've got visions of running this place for a couple of years. Mr Savage has worked for 12 years with Samuel Smith's Brewery and both he and Miss Hale Askew have personal licences. The pair welcomed customers, new and old, back to the boozer but warned Mr Smith's rules still apply. It includes no swearing and no use of mobile phones or tablets inside. Those making or taking calls are expected to go outside to do so. Searching Google or updating social media will also be in breach of the rules. Children must be accompanied by an adult at all times. Mr Savage said it was the swearing that got us closed last time. We have had two complete trading weeks. Everybody that we have met who has come into the pub has been absolutely brilliant. A lot of that reputation was in the past and no longer justified. We're open for business. Please show your faces and give the beer a try. To help us keep it open, we need people to work with us and control their language. The pair cleaned away three years of cobwebs to get the pub ready for customers. Although the decor is still the same, the couple has made sure the upholstery and carpets are clean. He assured customers that the full range of beers were available before the closure are on offer. At the moment, the pub is not offering food and is cash only, although that may change in the future. Fireaway Pizza's new location on Angel Street is taking shape with a new sign in place and the interior starting to come together. The restaurant is located between Shakey's and Best Kebab House in the former Backhouse Betting Shop. The former betting shop in Angel Street closed in April 1st 2019 and has remained untouched since the closure. The first restaurant was opened in 2016 and five years later the brand has over 120 branches. An opening date has yet to be confirmed. There's a a new carpet firm in town. (laughs) A new carpet and flooring retailer has announced its opening date in Worcester. Tappy Carpets and Floors will be opening in Worcester on Monday, July the 11th at the Elgar Retail Park in Blackpool. According to the website, the brand has 189 locations across the UK. The location was formerly a next home store. The store is hiding golden tickets across all of its UK stores for shoppers to find and for a chance of winning a variety of prizes. Historic streetlights have been refurbished and put back in their rightful place on Worcester Bridge. Seven light columns and their lanterns were removed from Worcester Bridge for refurbishment. A lane was closed on the bridge on Monday and, in fact, yesterday to accommodate the placing of the streetlights. 
The work started on Friday when Worcestershire County Council began reinstalling the columns and their lanterns, which were removed from the eastern side of the bridge earlier this year. And I can tell you they are um, very bright green. Um, the columns and the arms are sort of grass green, really. Um, and the lanterns themselves and the pinnacle on the top and around the base are bright gold. They are very colourful. A mum thought she was seeing things when she spotted three sheep making the most of an empty play park. The trio of sheep were pictured by Melissa Flynn on Sunday morning in the Swinshead Estate in Whittington. The three sheep can be seen exploring the perimeter of the park, sniffing around the playground equipment. Melissa said, My son and I thought it was very funny. As far as I'm aware, they are frequent theatres visitors at the moment so the farmer came and collected them burglars stole equipment from a business on a busy industrial estate in worcestershire the thieves forced entry to two containers on the berry hill industrial estate in droitwich over the weekend of friday july the 1st and monday july the 4th a breaker and a chop saw were stolen from within the two containers police are now appealing to the to the Droitwich area for information following the burglary. Anyone with information about the incident is asked to contact the police online, quoting incident number 0289 underscore I underscore 0407022 or via Crime Stoppers by calling 0800 555 111 or visiting www.crimestoppers.com hyphen-org-uk.org. Fun Day Sales into Return. The Worcestershire Freemasons charity Regatta and Fun Day is taking place on Sunday. Gates open from noon at the event at Worcester Pitchcroft, back for the first time in three years since the pandemic. There will be face painting and traditional games like tennis ball, bagatelle, hooker duck, splatter rat and a coconut shy. An array of classic cars, motorbikes and military vehicles will be on display. Various street food will be available. There's free parking, tickets are from £5.00. Um, children under 12 can enter for free. All proceeds go towards supporting local charities and causes. The man behind popular city tribute artist Blobby Williams will be performing a tribute to the 80s and 90s at a city venue. Tony James will be leaving Blobby behind and performing as part of a duo called 27 Party. Performing alongside Tony will be Simon Hughes playing bass guitar. The performance will take place at Huntington Hall on Saturday, August the 6th at 7.30pm. Police have seized a car with no insurance from a Worcester Road. The vehicle was towed away from Weir Lane in Lowick on Sunday, with officers believing it had been dumped for some time. Worcester Safer Neighbourhoods team said sawn vehicle removed from Weir Lane, seemingly dumped for some time. 
Athorn, statutory off-road notification, had been made for the car, making it an offence for it to be on the road at all, even if it is not being driven. Sawn vehicles should be kept off the road, such as on a driveway or in a garage. New face in top role at Cathedral. A new chief operating officer has taken up the reins at Worcester Cathedral. Matthew Hall joins from the Diocese of Bristol, where he's worked for the last 14 years. He will help manage the cathedral's day-to-day operations and deliver its strategy and plans. He said Worcester Cathedral is an outstanding centre of faith, heritage and community, and I am very much looking forward to working with the chapter and gifted colleagues to serve all those who connect with this unique place and its history and mission. The Dean of Worcester, the very Reverend Peter Atkinson, said Matthew has a wealth of knowledge and experience which makes him highly qualified for the post of Chief Operating Officer. We are delighted to welcome Matthew and we wish him well in his appointment. And after several months without a COO in post, it will be very good to have him with us. Staff have been praised for their actions after a fire broke out in a tumble dryer at a city restaurant. Oslers at number one were due to be back open to customers on July the 8th after a tumble dryer caught fire on Thursday. The disruption meant the restaurant had to stay closed on Thursday evening, the 1st of July. Thankfully, the restaurant was back open on Friday and is fully booked, according to owner Tommy Badham. He said, My staff resolved the situation professionally and the damage has been taken care of. We have been through three national lockdowns, two burglaries, countless floods and now two fires, so it is safe to say nothing will defeat us. Plus, we have just won an award for Luxury Restaurant of the Year, Prestige Awards Central England. Thanking staff for their professionalism, a Facebook post from the restaurant said, Unfortunately, we will be closed this evening. This is due to work being carried out after a tumble dryer fire. We are super sorry to all of our guests that have booked in for this evening. There wasn't too much damage as our team reacted to the incident with professionalism. Well done, Team Oslers. The the post mentioned it was the second fire involving a tumble dryer at the restaurant following a similar incident last April. It added, The first fire was last April and after an investigation it was presumed human error was at play. I think it's safe to say that this isn't anything to do with the human error now. The second one has gone up in flames. Tumble dryers are probably one of the most dangerous items you can have in your home. Please look after it. Don't leave it on when nobody is at home and please keep checking them. Um, Fire alarms. Oslus was forced to close for the weekend in May last year when blocked drains brought about flooding outside, which meant that they couldn't get into the building. Worcestershire County Council said at the time they had plans to work on the drains in a nearby fu- in future. City councillors are united in the fight to save a city police post earmarked for potential closure. Councillor Richard Udall proposed the motion to save the post in Dines Green at a Worcester City Council meeting. His motion was met with unanimous cross-party support 
as councillors agreed the post had to remain open, especially as the city continues to grow. The consultation, part of an estates strategy launched by West Mercia's Police and Crime Commissioner, closed on Monday. We previously reported how the post in Burley Road has been used as a base for community policing, policing for a number of years. Fears were raised in the community that the post was at risk of closure to save public money. Councillor Udall said, It's a kick in the teeth to Dines Green. We need more investment, not less. Urging councillors to send a united message to the Police and Crime Commissioner, John Campion, Councillor Udall said, Dines Green Police Post does not just serve Dines Green, it serves the whole of the west side of Worcester. He also said it served the University of Worcester and a ring of parishes between the city and Malvern. If anything, he argued, the post should be expanded, not closed. Praising the superb PC Paul Slaymaker and his three PCSOs, he argued closing the post would leave no permanent police presence in an area of Worcester with in excess of 30,000 people, a community that was growing with the city's western expansion. The proposed closure is short-sighted, badly timed and a strategic mistake, he warned. Councillor Amos, seconding the motion, said, Top-heavy West Mercia police should look to themselves, not the residents of West Worcester, who want to see more police officers on duty, not fewer. Councillor Amos expressed concern that any mobile service to replace the post could be scaled back and then withdrawn altogether. Leader of the council, Mark Bayliss, also supported the motion, but stressed, having spoken to the Police and Crime Commissioner, that there was no direct proposal to close the police post. According to the estate strategy, the West Mercia Police Estate consists of 91 sites with 111 separate buildings, including masts and Hinlip Church. A combined gross internal area of all West Mercia's stations and headquarter buildings equates to 38,280 square metres. The report says the estate is ageing and incurs significant annual running costs of around £8.9 million per year. In total, 61% of sites are freehold and 39% leasehold. The assets have been valued at more than £62 million as of March the 31st, 2020. Covid cases are spiking again in Worcestershire. According to the latest data, there are more Covid cases in county hospitals than at any point since April. As of Tuesday, July the 5th, there were 117 positive cases in hospitals run by Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust. This includes Worcestershire Royal Hospital in Worcester, the Alexander Hospital in Redditch and Kidderminster Hospital. Figures from the Worcestershire County Council show COVID cases at those three hospitals had been steadily falling since mid-April but are now climbing again. 
The number of positive cases reported in Worcestershire has also been rising in the past few weeks after decreasing week on week throughout April and May. Latest figures show there were 1,491 positive cases in the county on July the 1st, compared to 293 on June the 1st. Cases rose by 16% in Worcestershire in the seven days to July the 1st. The council's figures suggest the spike is even greater in other parts of the country, with cases in the West Midlands going up 22% over the same period and the figure for England rising by 27%. There are currently no government-mandated restrictions in place to reduce the spread of covid Advice from the UK Health Security Agency, the government department that has replaced Public Health England, remains to get vaccinated, practice good hygiene, let fresh air in if you're meeting others indoors, and to wear a mask if you so wish. Isolating is no longer mandatory if you do test positive for COVID, but the advice is to try to stay at home and avoid contact with other people. Worcestershire Acute Hospital's NHS Trust relaxed its guidance on mask wearing at its hospitals last month following a change in the national guidelines. But visitors have been told they're still welcome to wear one if they prefer. And a hairdresser in Pershaw has this week reintroduced mask wearing at their salon. We reported earlier this week that customers at Heritage in the Royal Arcade were being asked to mask up again due to the high rise of COVID cases in our area. A popular charity in Worcester is set to close after facing many issues since the COVID-19 pandemic. The Worcestershire Resource Exchange has announced that it's set to close permanently after being unable to open to the public for over a year. The parent organisation, the Duckworth Worcestershire Trust, confirmed the decision to close this week after being open for 18 years. The charity collected waste materials from a range of local industries and businesses, diverting it from landfill and made it available to members as a creative resource for projects. Materials included paper, felt, cardboard, shiny film, sticky back plastic foam, plastic cups fabrics, tubing and more. The project faced many issues after the COVID-19 pandemic and with its current premises. The Trust tried to secure new premises for the project over the last few years and had managed to secure a brand new city centre location but needed to find additional warehousing for that to be viable. The search proved unsuccessful and the charity said it is no longer able to afford to support staff and running costs. Roisin Hanks, the project manager for Duckworth Trust, said the charity was a vibrant, colourful project with amazing resources which brought joy to its members and customers and its closure would be a disappointment and shock to many. Another spokesperson for the Duckworth Trust said, WRE has been a huge part of the Trust for nearly 20 years, providing a unique and much-needed service whilst promoting sustainability. The public has great affection for the project and my thanks go to all the staff, volunteers and supporters of WRE over the years.
The Worcester Resource Exchange was set up originally as the Worcester Scrap House Project, an initiative with City and County Council support, before the Trust took it over solely in 2009. The Duckworth Worcestershire Trust is an environmental charity established by the late Cecil Duckworth, CBE. Fears have been raised that the hot temperatures may see people take the dangerous decision to cool off in waterways. The Royal Life Saving Society UK believe that the temperatures of 30 degrees centigrade will have the potential to attract people to take a dip in rivers or quarries. A 16-year-old boy tragically lost his life to drowning in Lancashire over the weekend and the charity is urging people to ensure enjoying the water is fun and not fatal. Lee Hurd, charity director at RLSS UK, said We often see people trying to cool off in lakes and quarries, rivers and other waterways when we experience extremely warm weather like this week brings and many of these people do not have the experience of swimming in these waters and that is where we see people getting into trouble. As a result, we then see others trying to help those in difficulty by going into the water themselves to attempt a rescue which can have fatal consequences. I deeply regret to say we have already seen a number of drownings already in the past few weeks as the temperatures have soared. It is vital to ensure that everyone has an understanding of water safety and makes it their responsibility to educate their family and friends on how water can be enjoyed safely to prevent such tragedies. In Ju July 2021, there were 49 accidental drowning fatalities in the space of just two weeks in the UK. The Royal Life Saving Society UK advised the public to remember to always find a lifeguard swimming, swimming site and to remember that the water at open and inland sites is often much colder than it looks. The charity also advises to always swim parallel to the shore so that you're never too far away from it and to be mindful of strong currents in the water and to always bring a friend. In an emergency call, 999 and ask for the fire and rescue service when inland and the Coast Guard if it's at the coast. For further water safety information, visit RLSS UK website at www.riss.org.uk. Well... This is uh, for all you uh, rock um, aficionados um, and it's about some records uh, signed by Worcestershire rock legend uh, which stole the show at a recent auction and sold for world record prices. I thought this was just quite interesting. Estate agent John Goodwin's latest sale saw specialist books, stamps, collectible cards and records go under the hammer. A collection of five Led Zeppelin LPs consigned from a local vendor who had won them in a village raffle some years ago smashed pre-sale expectations and achieved what are believed to be world record prices. 
Each record bore the signatures of all four band members, including county resident and frontman Robert Plant, who lives in Shutterford near Kidderminster. Estimated at just £100-£200 each, but after seeing the levels of interest, auctioneers quickly began revising these figures. There was even international interest thanks to specialist advertising and online listings. The first of the records to go up for sale, Led Zeppelin III, opened to the bidding at £200. A bidding war broke out between two telephone bidders, with the hammer eventually falling at £2,800. This was only the start, however, with Led Zeppelin II going on to sell for £12,000. The huge sum prompted a change in the opening price with Led Zeppelin 1 and Led Zeppelin 4 starting at 8000 and selling for 12000 and £11,000 respectively. The final lot of the day, the House of the Holy, went one step further, achieving a hammer price of £13,000. All five records were won by the same telephone bidder who parted with a few pounds short of £60,000 for the collection, including the auctioneer's buyer's premium. So get looking at your record collection, folks. It might be worth a fortune. (laughs) A coffee shop owner said the cost of living increases and the people continuing to work from home is making running a business tough. Mark James opened Crumpets and Coffee Lounge four and a half years ago in Angel Place. The coffee shop has built up a loyal following of coffee lovers over the years, but Mr James said the current cost of living crisis is making running his business tough. Mark James, 42, said... It just feels quieter. We used to have customers that we would have seen once a day, sometimes twice a day. I don't think it's that they don't want to see us anymore. It's just living is expensive. I've got friends who work within the industry in Worcester and further, and they're feeling this as well. They just don't seem to be spending as much money. The business owner said it is the first coffee shop he has opened after 25 years in the hospitality business. Mr James said he is not looking for pity, but he does does want to raise awareness towards the struggle of small businesses as the cost of living continues to increase. A lot of people worked from home during COVID-19 and maybe their job still allows that, he said. Train fares have gone up. Petrol has gone up, so if you can work from home, then you would save yourself that cost, but it doesn't help local businesses. Prior to COVID-19, early mornings before work and lunch times used to be our busiest times, and now they can be our quietest to a degree. He continued, the last thing I want to do is come across as a pity post because everyone is feeling the pinch. The first thing to go would be your coffee habits if your electricity bill has gone up. It feels like there is a lot of negativity regarding cost and it's difficult to know where it's going. But I guess we just have to find new customers and continue to offer our exceptional customer service. 
A listed building could now be turned into a hotel after plans to convert it into a party house were turned down. The proposal for Pitmaston House in Worcester would see, sev- would see part of the building converted into a hotel and the new plans by owners Blockwork. The new application comes after previous plans to convert the building were rejected twice by Worcester City Council, despite the work already being carried out, with planners saying that turning Pitmaston House into a mix of residential and holiday apartments would create too much noise and disturb neighbours. Nevertheless, that work could still go ahead if an appeal is backed by a government inspector, with a decision still to be made. A statement included with the application said, There is a significant difference between a hotel and a multi-bedroom holiday let. A holiday let, such as that which has been refused, is managed by the occupants and relies on their good behaviour and self-management. Bookings for one related group, friends and or family, are more likely to stay in the building to socialise and congregate together on site and potentially create the nuisance that has been complained about. A hotel operates very differently. Visitors are more likely to be unrelated and to interact far less than a single large group. Rooms are available individually rather than the whole house needing to be booked, so the building may not always be fully occupied. Staff will be on hand to immediately check any potential problems and prevent noise and nuisance from reaching any significant level. Blockworks has been battling with the council over obtaining the correct planning permission for the Grade 2 listed building off Malvern Road in St John's after the developer had its proposals to convert seven rooms into a mix of residential and holiday flats rejected at the end of 2020. The developer then appealed to the government's planning inspector in a bid to get the council's decision overturned, but was unsuccessful. More than 30 frustrated neighbours objected to the latest plan, saying that shouting, screaming and loud music into the early hours at the holiday let had turned a quiet residential street into a holiday resort in Spain. Thousands of people are expected to line the streets to watch Paralympic silver medalist Rebecca Redfern carry the Queen's baton through the city. The baton will travel through the River Severn, a striking dragon boat as part of the build-up to the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games on Friday, July the 22nd. Dragon Boat Racing Club will transport Paralympic silver medalist Rebecca Redfern and the baton from King's Boathouse in Seventh Street on the eastern side of the Severn to the city's Swan Sanctuary. During its time in Worcester, the baton will also visit Worcester Cathedral, Worcestershire County Cricket Ground, the racecourse and many other locations that will be confirmed soon. Nigel Lee, lead coach for Worcester Dragon Boat Racing Club, said, Worcester Dragon Boat Racing Club is honoured to be chosen to transport the baton in faithful city of Worcester. The club has been active on the River Severn for more than 30 years and has introduced thousands of people across the city and beyond to our unique team sport. Dragon Boat paddling and racing reflects all of the qualities and dedication represented by those selected to carry the Queen's baton. Hundreds of individuals 
taking responsibility for their leg of the railway, r- relay, each one dependent on those carrying before and after them, every link equally important. Dragon boat performance is directly related to the timing and rhythm of identical paddle strokes from each of the crew, commanded from the drum, directed by the helm, teamwork at its best. The Dragon Boat family extends across the world and provides opportunities from social paddling through to elite international comp- competitions, a sporting journey similar to the path taken by the baton carrying the Queen's message. Rebecca Redfern, who trains with Worcester Swimming Club and scored silver medals at both the 2016 Rio and 2020 Tokyo Olympics, said... I was extremely excited when I found out that I would be carrying the baton down the River Severn on a dragon boat. Being a baton bearer is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and carrying it on the dragon boat makes it even more special and memorable. I cannot wait to be part of this historic event and continue to inspire the present and future generations. Orcs took over Forgate Street last weekend for a Lord of the Rings exhibition. The Magic of Middle-Earth is a celebration of J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy book series, which was made into one of the most popular film franchises of all time. The exhibition at Worcester City Art Gallery and Museum includes first edition copies of the books, artworks, paintings of dragons, ents and elves, dramatic models and dioramas, including the Battle of Helm's Deep. The exhibition also features Middle-earth-inspired video games and Lego sets. Helen Large, Museum Audiences Manager, said how it was lovely to see many attendees in their own Tolkien-inspired costumes on the day. She said... The exhibition opening day was a great success and we were joined by many Middle-earth characters. Visitors loved meeting them and they attracted a lot of interest from passers-by on Forgate Street. It was also lovely to see so many enthusiasts visiting in their own Tolkien-inspired costumes. The exhibition is already proving very popular and we hope lots of residents will come and enjoy a taste of Middle-earth throughout the summer. The exhibition comes from collector Matt Fox, who previously broke visitor attendance records around the country with his Star War-themed exhibition, May the Toys Be With You, which was on show at Worcester City Art Gallery and Museum in 2019. Tolkien himself was known to have taken inspiration from Worcestershire's landscape and was a regular visitor to the Malvern Hills in the 1930s with fellow writer C.S. Lewis. The Magic of Middle-earth is free and open Monday to Saturday between 10.30am and 4.30pm between July the 9th and is open till September the 17th. A major plan to bring a Grade 2 listed city centre building back to life has met with a mixed reaction from Worcester newsreaders. The former Grade 2 listed engine works in Shrub Hill Road in Worcester would be transformed into a landmark office and creative workshop space as part of a £20 million council bid 
to the government. While many commenters on the Worcester News Facebook page welcomed the news the beautiful building would be brought back to life, many were also sceptical about the plan to convert it into offices. On the Worcester News Facebook page, Len Perry said, Why would you create more office space when a lot of companies allow their workers to work from home? Inside that unit were small businesses, some manufacturing goods. This is what we need in Worcester and in the country as a whole. Surely the pandemic has proven this. We rely too much on imports both in manufacturing and food supplies. Also on the Worcester News Facebook page, Eve Marshall said affordable flats for singles or couples would be a much needed and better option, providing city centre living while offering easy access to shopping, transportation and nearby employment, plus a varied range of social and lifestyle options too. Another Facebook commenter, Emma Butcher, agreed, saying... So many office units are currently empty, with more and more people working at home. It would make a good hotel. Great location, next to the station, and five minutes to town. The 7,000 square metre building, which is more than 150 years old, is said to be in a very poor state of repair, and the roof, which often leaks, would have to be replaced. Another commenter, Bernard Mills, gave an interesting insight into the history of the building at the turn of the century. He said, The site of the great commercial exhibition in 1882 then became the headquarters of Kays and best known to present generations as Heenan and Fruits. In the early 21st century, there were many small businesses based in the building, so what changed? I always imagined that this building would make a superb museum and crafts site show, showing the history of Worcester and the skills of local artisans and craftspeople. A record-breaking car meet was held at the iconic Droitwich Hotel. The Ipney Estate welcomed a thousand motorheads on Sunday as the Coffee and Chrome Collective held its biggest ever meet. The event was the latest in a series of meets organised by insurance company Footman James. Charlotte Mosley, head of marketing at the firm, said, It's amazing to see our Coffee and Chrome Collective grow so quickly from the success of our previous meets. We are keen to support every corner of classic culture, bringing together a diverse community of owners of classic cars and motorcycles. We have big plans for next year too, so it's a great time to get involved. Coffee and Chrome Collective is an online community launched in May on the back of the success of Footman James' previous car meets. As it was the first event since launching the community, attendance was capped at a 1,000 vehicles, with all the spaces booked out within a matter of weeks. A huge range of cars and motorbikes filled the historic grounds, including Porsche, 911s, BMW M3s, pre-war motors, hot hatches and classic sports cars such as Jaguar E-Types and a Lamborghini Urraco. There was also a stage for live music and five specialist coffee vendors. 
The meet is intended to be on the first of many for the online community, which, with plans to introduce digital memberships at the full calendar of events for 2023. A busy Worcester road was hit with a major water main leak, leaving water continuously flowing in the street. Broadway Grove in St John's had water flowing from the pavement onto the road and to the adjoining Ray Way as the Worcester News went to press. The water has a red tint and can be seen flowing from the pavement cracks into the drains and pooling in the centre of the road. City and County Councillor Richard Oodle tweeted, Warning, major water leak on Broadway Grove at the junction with Ray Way. Properties are in danger of flooding. A road closure is needed and a repair is required. Households have no water supply. Residents could be seen out on the foot of their drives observing the incident and pedestrians passing by um, who were stopping to take pictures. Two homeowners on Broadway Grove said, It's been happening for the last hour and a half. We have no drinkable water in our property. It's all the same red colour as it is in the street. We've been told someone is on their way to fix it. Seven Trent Water said it was sending a team to investigate the leak. The water company said, despite the discoloration, the water should be safe to drink. Former city councillor Margaret Leyland, who lives on the road, said, Personally, I'm not worried about our houses flooding, as the water level isn't rising. It's the loss of water. Literally five minutes before we saw the burst, we had one of the regular messages from Seven Trent advising us to use sprinklers in our gardens and have shorter showers to save water. Such a shame that thousands of gallons of treated water are now going to waste. Good luck, Seven Trent. Hope it won't take too long to fix. A spokesman for Seven Trent Water said, as the Worcester News went to press, we are aware of a burst pipe in Broadway Grove and our engineers are en route. We would like to apologise to any customers who may be experiencing low pressure or discoloration to their water as a result and we would like to assure everyone that our teams are working hard to fix this issue and to get everything returned to normal as quickly as possible. People living in a Worcester road plagued by speeding motorists are taking matters into their own hands. Volunteers in Swinton Lane, St John's, are forming a community speed watch group. Nick Elt, who has lived in the street on and off for 64 years, said cars had been clocked going faster than 60 miles an hour, despite Swinton Lane's 30 mile an hour limit. The issue has gradually got worse and worse over the years, he said. There are two new estates on one side of the road, so the amount of traffic has been increasing, and we have numerous car garages nearby who use the road to get to the Lowick filling station. You've got young lads driving powerful cars and putting their foot down. It's in the past five years that it's got so bad. A video capture by Mr Elt's CCTV camera shows VW Golf speeding at what he estimated to be more than 50 miles an hour along the road, despite a group of pedestrians waving at the driver in a bid to get them to slow down.
He said there had been a number of accidents on the road in recent years and residents fear that at some point a pedestrian will be hit. That worry has inspired a group of volunteers to form a community speedwatch group. In order to do this, there has to be a minimum of six people who must all pass an online test. When carrying out, carrying out speed checks, at least three volunteers are needed, one to operate the speed gun, one to concentrate on registration plates and one to look out for the make and model of cars. The group has a speed gun and signs to put up in the street and is now waiting on West Mercia Police to deliver the training they need to get started. Once we have that, we'll be able to detect and record speeds along with vehicle details and submit them to the police, said Mr Elt. Councillor Alan Amos has been very helpful throughout the process, he added, and our local PC, Paul Slaymaker, has been helpful too. Anyone else wishing to set up a community speed watch is encouraged to contact their local parish council in the first instance. The council is looking to install five times more solar panels on the top of a city centre car park. Worcester City Council has revealed it is looking to add to the number of solar panels on top of St Martin's Gate car park in Worcester at a cost of around £400,000. Around 40 spaces would be lost from the 760-space car park off City's Wall Road to make way for the new panels if the work goes ahead. Worcester City Council's Environment Committee is set to discuss plans on July 19th to put forward up to £20,000 for a study to look at whether more solar panels can be installed. The city centre car park became the first council-owned building to have solar panels when they were installed in 2019. The City Council said it has saved £15,000 on its energy bills since the solar panels were switched on in early 2019 and reduced its carbon footprint by more than two tonnes every year. The panels currently generate around 42,000 kilowatt of electricity every year on average which helps power hundreds of lights, 12 electrical vehicle charging points and a handful of lifts. However, it currently takes around 2,260,000 2, kilowatt to completely power the car park every year. Installing more solar panels on the roof level and open sections on the fourth level would help generate at least 250,000 kilowatt every year. The council believes it would be able to cope with the loss of car parking spaces in the city centre, saying it is only usually full at weekends and during Christmas, and only a handful of cars usually park on the top level during the week. The removal of the spaces would lose the council around £1,120 each year. The council estimates more pop solar panels would help cut its bills by more than £40,000 every year, based on current prices, and could save the authority even more with the expected rising energy costs. A climate 
Energy was declared in Worcester in 2019, which includes pledges to generate more renewable electricity and heating in council-owned buildings and look at making as many buildings as possible carbon neutral. And that concludes the uh, news for this week. Time has run out on us. But I'm going to finish with a reminder that there is an amber weather warning for England and Wales over the next few days with uh, Sunday's temperature tipped to reach 34 degrees and uh, it also is going to be very hot on Monday. So um, the advice is to stay out of the sun, to drink plenty of fluids to wear a hat if you do have to go out and uh, 999 services should only be used in, in, in an emergency and advice can be sought from 111 if you need non-emergency health advice. So please be alert. So I uh, will just remind you that obituaries um, will follow the final music and I need to thank John Plush Janet Goodwin, Jim Norris and Sue Perry for their efforts today and sign off and hope you all have a good week. Bye-bye. And death announcements in the last week, of which there are actually only three. Um, Clive Brook passed away suddenly on June the 20th his funeral service will have taken place. It was on July the 13th with donations for Midlands Air Ambulance. Um, inquiries to Emma Booston um, in Bromyard, which is 01885489900. And Charles Perry, known as Charlie, passed away on the 1st of June. His funeral service will have taken place on the 14th of July. Donations for cancer research can be sent directly to the charity or um, to co-op funeral care. Uh, their telephone number is 01905 22137. And finally, Donald Sutherland Pierce of Kroll, so just outside of Worcester, uh, passed away July the 2nd. Funeral service um, in Crowell at St John the Baptist Church on the 19th of July at 1.30pm. Donations for Prostate Cancer UK can be sent to B. Ince, I-N-C-E, Funeral Director, 8 7 Side South Bewdley, DY12 2DX. And our thoughts and prayers do go to all of those who've passed away recently and especially to the families of Chris and Jay. The thought for this week is taken from St Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured.